I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to start doing some messages kind of geared towards the family. And I don't know if anybody's noticed, but uh, the traditional, or I don't, I don't like using the word traditional, but the biblical family, uh, the way God set things up, is really under attack today. And our government has set has made it very difficult for people to um, have the traditional family. A lot of our tax codes and things really encourage people to shack up and. A lot of the quote benefits and th- programs and things they have out there, um, you know, a lot of times people can disqualify themselves if they do the right thing and get married. Uh, having the father as the head of the home, that kind of thing, is scoffed at and mocked by the world. You have Hollywood that um, rarely, per, you know, has a show about a family where you have. A husband and a wife with children, uh, unless there's like you know 14 divorces mixed up in there. Uh, the dad is always the ding dong of the home. The wife's always smarter and always putting him in his place. And um, you, you just you're, you're not going to see the right kind of family on TV anymore. You got you know goofball shows like you know the new normal and Modern Family and stuff that just um, you know has abominations. Biblically speaking, for families on there, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. And the way God intended things, the way things were made and set up, which are the ways that things will work the best, people aren't doing. It's just it's not happening, and there's a reason for that too. I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons we can go into that. For one, I mean, if you have strong families, if you have families that are the way they should be. For example, you know, you've got the mother and the father raising their children, training their children according to the truths of God's word. If you have the father who is taking care of his family and providing, you have the mother who is the keeper of the home. She's raising her kids, taking care of them. All those things. You really don't need the government, and they have they are doing everything they can to keep us dependent on them. I mean, we obviously do need some. You know, we're always going to need, you know, the police and military and things like that. Those are definitely important. But, um, and, and we, you know, even those, uh, we don't need them to the extent we have them now. Uh, we need, the, we have way too many now. And it's because so many people are dependent. I mean, we live in a day and age where people are literally calling the cops for everything. You know, there was a day and a time where if there was a problem, you know, a couple guys, they just go duke it out and it's over. You know, problem solved. You know, if there was if there was too much conflict going on, go over in somebody's land and try giving them grief. You pull a gun on the guy and he's leaving. <laughs> and if he doesn't leave, he would never be a problem for you again. Because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna take care of him. Well now we can't do any of that stuff. I mean nowadays, uh, somebody comes on your property and threatens you or whatever and you shoot him. Uh, you're in trouble. You're only allowed to shoot them if they come in your house. And uh, it's just, it, it, things are out of control. And part of it is we don't have good, strong, biblical families. And a lot of the reason we don't have those is nobody knows how to have them. They uh, None of these things are being taught. And so I'm, I'm, I'm planning on over the next several weeks for... Uh, as long as the Lord leads, I guess. Uh, I want to preach messages that are specifically geared towards uh, the family 
and how to have the right kind of family, and how to be the right kind of you know son, daughter, mother, father, husband, you know all all those things. And what I want to talk about today, though, I want to I want to do a message on preparing for a wife. And you know, for those of you that are married, thinking uh, this isn't for me. No, this is good too because we've got to spread this message because it's not being taught. Um, you know, and of course we have do have young men here. We've got you know we've got some that are getting close to that age. It won't be long. We've got you know some other younger boys here that are going to be there before they know it. We've got girls in here, young ladies, that you need to know these things too, so you can expect it from your man. So you can even demand it of your man. Unfortunately, absolutely nothing is required anymore of a guy other than, are you 18? <laughs> I mean, that's about it. And the, the, problem is, that's, the problem with that is with the individuals. It's with the girls who will say yes to bums, you know, with parents who will, who I guess they don't have their daughter's heart. They're not close enough to her where she'll listen to their counsel and parents who will say, yeah, you can have my daughter's hand in marriage and the guy's a bum. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, you know, there's a good chance some bum might, you know, pursue my daughters one of these days. And I hope I have a kind of relationship with my daughter so I can say, stay away from that guy. He's bad news. And they'll trust me. They'll listen to me. But even if they don't, some bum comes along, I'm going to do everything I can to scare them off. I mean, and if my daughter decides to rebel and elope, hey, this is America, uh, I guess she can do that. But it's going to be, if necessary, over my dead body. And there's some things that God, I think there's some principles that we can see from the very first husband that there ever was, the first man in the Bible. And so we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, verse, or Genesis chapter 2. Before that, I want to read one verse to you, Proverbs 18.22. Proverbs 18.22 and you know, young men, this would probably be a good verse for you to underline. I know you younger boys especially, you might not think of this as necessarily a good thing. I remember when I was younger, I thought I'm never going to get married. I had no interest in getting married. And that's fine when you're a kid. You don't really need to be thinking about that too much. But it, it changed. I was convinced the rapture would come before that time. But Proverbs 18.22 says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Now listen, Bible's true, isn't it? But yet there's a lot of guys that have found wives and are like, <laughs> I didn't find a good thing. I don't know if this verse in the Bible is true. And, and however, I don't think just because you get married, I mean, yes, you have a wife, but a wife, I mean, that is a special role. And there are females out there who have been pronounced, you know, they've been pronounced as a wife but they're not fulfilling that role at all. I mean, not one bit, maybe two, because the husband's not fulfilling his role either. And those women are not a good thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're just not. But who's to find the wife? You got a, if you get you know you young men, you get a woman that is a wife that fulfills her role that God intended. You found a good thing. Notice also it says, "Whoso findeth a wife, not whoso findeth a girlfriend." So we got to have a girlfriend before you get a wife. I understand that there is there is a process to you know getting to know somebody. Uh, that's another subject that we're going to deal with. The way the world goes about it is a horrible mess. But um, let me tell you something. You know, 
my wife. I guess you could say she was my girlfriend before she was my wife. And you know what? It was all great and everything then, but we were just talking about this again the other day. Uh, dating stinks. Being engaged stinks. And you say, why? Did, was, were you guys miserable that whole time? You were engaged? We were engaged for six months. That was a nightmare. You say, why? I mean, why were you guys fighting all the time? No, we got along great. But it was a nightmare. You know why? Because we weren't together. Because, you know, we weren't allowed to touch. We weren't allowed to do all the things that, you know, men and women want to do. I lived with my parents most of that time. She lived with her parents that whole time. They would tell me when I had to leave. And I would have to leave the house without her. I would have to go home by myself. And you know what? Then, you know, I was excited and looking forward to marriage. But once I got married and had a wife, I found out just having a fiance, that stinks. Okay, now it's it's obviously necessary. You got to have one of those before you have a wife. But I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to that at all. You know, women sometimes. Oh, you remember how it was when we were dating? I was like, yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it stunk. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to that. That uh, I like it better now. And it, who's to find the wife find it the good thing? And not who's to find it the girlfriend. These got this. This idea of going and dating every girl out there, that is, uh, it's ridiculous. You're just setting yourself up for heartbreak after heartbreak, especially if fornication is involved. You are just looking for a long road of misery. You're going to have a very difficult time finding a wife in the true sense. You might find somebody that will marry you, but as far as finding that wife, finding that good thing, it's going to be tough. But what does... What do you, so it's eventually going to happen, alright? You know, guys, if, you know, hopefully you're a normal guy, you're going to want one. You might want one now, and that's fine, that's normal. But there's things that we ought to do to prepare for it. And, uh, fathers, if you have a daughter, you ought to get, get it in your daughter's head that this is what the, a guy should be before you let him pursue you. If he doesn't follow these things, disqualify Oh, that's mean. That's being judgmental. Hey, you better believe I'm going to be judgmental when it comes to the guy that comes after my daughter. You better believe I'm going to, you know, be checking out every little thing and expecting things. And my daughter, if I raise her right, I'm hoping that she'll have enough self-respect. She'll think that she's special enough that any guy that doesn't fulfill these things, she'll say he doesn't deserve me. Oh, that's teaching to be proud and arrogant. Well, should I teach her that she's cheap? Should I teach her that she should just let any bum have his way with her? Absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather her have a high self-esteem and maybe think a little too much of herself than thinking she's just some cheap tramp that any guy can use. And that's what the world's basically promoting. But let's go to Genesis in chapter 2. We're going to look at some things with Adam, the very first husband. Because there are some things... You know, Adam, obviously, he didn't have to go to a woman's Eve's parents and get permission. She didn't have any parents. They say one of the reasons that Adam and Eve or Adam lived in paradise. He didn't have a mother in law. <laughs> Think about that. No mother in law. But it says in Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. 
I will make him and help me for him. So notice, God put Adam in the garden and He gave him a job. This was before Eve came along. God commissioned Adam with a job. He said, this is the garden. This is your home. This is where you're going to live. And you're going to dress it and keep it. This garden here, this is your responsibility. This is your piece of land. This is your place where you're going to rate, where you're going to start your family. But he didn't have a family yet. He didn't have a wife yet. But he, God gave him a job to do. And I believe that any guy that wants to ask for a girl's hand in marriage, he needs to have an occupation. He ought to have a job. Now, I know that used to be something that dads would ask. Son, what do you do for a living? You know what? You know what? Do you, are you going to be able to provide for my daughter? Nowadays, they don't even ask that. They don't even care. Uh, I'm kind of in between jobs right now. In between what jobs? Drug dealing and <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, give the, have some expectations from the guy. If he can't even take care of himself, I'm still living with my parents in their basement, and I've been there for years. I, I don't know. He has no future. He hasn't done anything. He's had no education. He dropped out of high school. He's not pursuing anything. But he's grown up. He's 21. So what? Alright, part of being a husband is being a provider. Somebody that can take care of his wife. And if he can't even take care of himself, if he still has to have his mommy wake him up in the morning to get him to go to work, then that guy's not ready to be a husband and to be a father. And one of the things that we're seeing these days more and more, and I'm not, I'm not picking on the grandparents here, but we see more and more grandparents now raising their grandkids because their kids aren't doing it. Their kids are they are they are the providers, the financial providers for their grandkids. They are they're the ones that raise them, that train them. They do. Everything and thank God for good grandparents. Thank God for grandparents that will step in and fulfill the needs of those kids. But it ought to be the parents. It ought to be the mom and dad. And get an occupation. Listen, I mean, dads, don't feel bad if that guy comes along and says, "I, I haven't got a job. I'm going through some tough times right now." And to say, "Well, you need to get through them." Because let me tell you, when you get married, you're going to really go through some tough times. And let's see if you can learn to overcome some things. Go out and get a job. God gave Adam a job. Adam had a job before he had a wife. Because a husband, they need to be a provider for the physical needs. You need to take care of some things. I remember my wife and I, before we were married, I was at Walmart with her and her mom. And you know we're going through there and she's telling her mom, I need this, I need that. And her mom, she's just buying all this stuff for her. I remember I was watching that and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to have... Am I going to have to buy all those things after she gets married? And uh, you know, not long—I don't remember if I had started my new job at Walmart then, but you know, the job I had before that, I wasn't making very much money, and it didn't really matter. I was living at home, and I was—I was pretty content with it. But I remember once I knew I wanted to marry her, I knew that you know, she came from traditional family. I came from a traditional family. My dad wasn't going to put his blessing on anything if I wasn't ready to take care of a wife. I knew her parents weren't going to be okay with it. I was like, I need to find a better job. And I remember that was one of the first things that I remember her stepdad asked me about. And I was I hadn't got the job 
at Walmart yet, but I was pretty sure I was going to get it. I was real close to it, and you know, they probably should have said, "Let's wait and see if you get it." Uh, they trusted my optimism, which turned out to be okay. But you know, I, I'd have been disappointed if they had said, "You know, I'll hold off a little bit." But um, maybe they should have. They didn't. You know, I, but um, I don't think it would have been wrong for them to do that. To say, you know, you're not making enough money right now. Go get a better job. Go do something first. And I'm, thankfully, I got that job. And I knew I needed because I thought, I'm going to have to pay for her stuff. I'm Because I, I want her to have my children. She's not going to be able to be out working and providing for me and being pregnant and then taking care of a newborn baby and all that stuff at the same time. I couldn't afford daycare. I wasn't going to, I didn't want to send my kids to daycare. I wanted them to be raised in their home. And so I needed to have an occupation. I needed to be the provider for the physical needs. Husbands, they're supposed to be the protector for the emotional needs. I'd worked enough out there in the world. I didn't want her having to deal with a lot of the junk that was out there. You know, she grew up in a Christian home. She was homeschooled uh, most of her life. There was a lot of junk out there that I don't think would have necessarily helped her if she'd had to deal with that. I didn't want her dealing with that. I wanted to protect her from those things. The husband, he's supposed to be the producer for the spiritual things. They ought, they ought to be the spiritual leader. One thing I hate, one, I, just, I can't say, I, I don't believe in what I call inter-faith marriages, you know, where you've got people from two different religions getting married, that's just asking for trouble. But you know what? Even when I see a girl from the right religion marry a guy from a wrong religion, and then I see the guy come over to her religion, that just that takes me off. Well, shouldn't he be glad he came to her? No, the guy's supposed to be the spiritual leader, not the woman. That marriage is going to be a mess because she's the spiritual leader. Yeah, but isn't she right? Yes, but he should be right. <laughs> and he's not right and it's going to cause problems. He's obviously not strong. He obviously is weak. He, and uh, the husband is supposed to be the leader in those areas. I know that's not popular. I know that doesn't go with what the world says today, but that is biblical. It was, it was Adam that God gave the job to. It was Adam that God gave, I guess you could say, the rules for the first... Uh, Religion, if you want to call it, I guess you wouldn't call it a religion. But think about it. What were the first commands that God gave? The first command: I want you to dress and keep this garden, and of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day you eat it, thou shalt surely die. God told that to Adam, didn't He? Not Eve. He told it to Adam. But yet we see that Eve knew about it when the serpent spoke to her. How did Eve know about that tree? And the command not to eat of it because the husband, the spiritual leader in the family, he told her. He said, hey, God said we can't eat of the tree. And obviously, you know, women, they don't always listen to their husbands. And look what happened to the human race. <laughs> and that's another story there. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we're more talking to the guys tonight, but it's just, you know, as a guy, you just want to go after women sometimes. But uh, the man... Get an occupation. Be a provider. Be a protector. Be a producer. Okay, listen. Guy, you, uh, dads, can you protect my daughter? You know, see if the guy knows how to shoot. If your daughter can beat him up, hey, you know, there's some weak, wimpy guys out there. Alright? I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, he's got to be a man. I mean, he goes to make a muscle and his arm goes down, you know, like, 
on the cartoons and things the opposite way, that guy, he needs to toughen up first. He needs to man up. There is nothing wrong with you putting those kind of requirements in your daughter. If he comes to you and he talks like a girl and he dresses like a girl and acts like a girl, cries like a girl, say, sorry bud, go man up first. Go join the army or something and let them toughen you up and then come and talk to me about my daughter. Not before. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with you putting those requirements on it. Do it. And so, any guy that's, I mean, you know, my boys, I mean, I want them to follow this, but when that day comes where they, I know they're not there yet, they're not looking for a wife, they're obviously way too young, but when that day comes, I want it in their heads that, it, it was it was in my head. I just knew. I don't remember Dad even necessarily setting me down and saying you have to do all these things. But I just I knew that was what it was supposed to be like. I knew I had to have a job. I knew I needed to be able to provide. And going and living off the government was not an option for me. It was just I I, I didn't know you could do all that stuff. I just it, it was not interesting. It was up to me to do that. Well, I put God put those requirements. Also, uh, young men they ought to find out. You ought to find out what you believe first. God told Adam, He said, Of every tree of the garden you may eat, but the tree of the garden, knowledge of good and evil, you may not eat. God gave the commands. And you know what? Do not be anxious to abandon what you've been taught. Don't be anxious to abandon what your parents have taught you. Too many just young, young men, that, and they think they're manly when they're doing this. They grow up. They get old, you know, they get old enough to make their own decisions and be out on their own. And as soon as they move out of their house, they go and start breaking every rule that they lived under while they were at home. First of all, that's not being a man. One, it's being disrespectful. Don't just right away say, well, you know, I, my parents were wrong. I'm just going to go do whatever. Listen, you, first of all, you've never been on your own before. You have no experience yet. Why don't you just try it for a little while? Try those things that worked for your parents for a little while. And don't just be quick to abandon everything you've been taught. It's just, it's, it's not a manly thing. It's a foolish thing to do. Adam and Eve, unfortunately, they didn't follow that command very long. The Bible doesn't give us a timeline and we don't see how long it took them to abandon what he was taught. But he did abandon what he was taught and it got him in trouble. And if you came from the right kind of family and you were taught the principles of the Bible, you were taught to, to, you know, to work hard and be a provider and do all those things, man, stick to that stuff. Hang on to it. Don't let go of it. And we see that happening all the time. You know, young preachers, they'll go and as soon as they get out of their own, they get their own church, they go and they just throw away everything they were taught. They throw out the Bible they had before. They get a new Bible. They try all these new trendy methods. Things that have not been tried yet. Things that have not been tested. And they get into all this new stuff and they crash and burn with everybody else. It doesn't work. Don't, don't be quick to abandon what you've been taught. So like my parents weren't perfect. No, none ever were. But it doesn't mean you need to just go and throw out what you were taught. Make sure you know what you believe first. Make sure you've got an idea of how you're going to raise a family and what how you ought to be as a husband and as a father. Get some of those things figured out. Don't wait until it's happening. Find out ahead of time. I remember when I was I was 19 
And I'm, I was at Camp Joy at the time, and I remember there was a speaker that was there during the family camp, and I'd never heard this guy before. And uh, we had we weren't required to be at some of these services, but I thought I want to go listen to this guy. You know, he, he's an older fellow and probably knows a lot. And uh, I went I went to go listen, and he was doing a lesson for husbands. And this guy was a really dry speaker. I mean, it was it was boring. I remember I was sitting there, and I, I don't think I've ever had so much trouble trying to stay awake in a service in all my life. And it, and I was just like, why am I in here? I don't need this. I don't need this. Well, that was that less than a year from that day, I was married. I've often wondered. I wonder if I missed something really, <laughs> really good in that service. Didn't think I needed it, but I tell you, young men, find out what you believe. Find out what it's going to take. Find out what God expects, and that and that way too. When that woman comes along, you can ask yourself, and maybe even ask her some questions. Find out if she is going to be willing to live under a biblical husband. If she's a feminist, I don't care how pretty she is, she's not worth it. All right. I mean, do I mean them feminazis as some call them? Stay away from them. And I mean, they they might look pretty, but boy, they can act ugly, and they will turn ugly on you so fast. And just find out what you believe, and make sure because you need to communicate those to her ahead of time. We I've seen that happen many times where there'll be a young man who goes and marries a girl, and then after they get married, well, I feel like the Lord's called me to be a missionary, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with that. And many times it will end in divorce. And oh well, you know that was her fault. She wasn't spiritual. She wouldn't follow my leadership. Well, listen, you should have figured that out a long time ago. You should have figured out what God wanted from your life. Well, and, and I know God can call some people to those things later. But you know what? You need to do the best you can to prepare your wife for, you know, what's going to happen in your life if she's not willing. To, if she's if there are certain things she's not places she's not willing to follow you. Then you probably don't want her. So I'm not planning on being a missionary to Africa. Well, hey, what if God calls you to be a missionary to Africa? You ought to want to marry. You ought. You ought. Guys ought to have her farm. Hey, I want her to be willing to follow me wherever the Lord sends me. And that may mean staying in Illinois all your life. It may be going to the other side of the world. And you've got you've got to find out what you believe. Find out what God wants from your life. And stick to those things. The next thing you ought to do, you ought to accomplish something for God first. Accomplish something first. Verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Now wait a minute. God's trying to find a mate for Adam and He creates all these animals. Was Did God think that horses and lions and bears and all those things were going to be suitable companions for Adam? No. It says on there, it says in um, Adam called the... Every, uh, yeah. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. So, did God just try all these animals out and it just didn't work? No, God was smarter than that. 
God knew exactly what Adam needed. However, I believe God wanted Adam to accomplish something first. God wanted Adam to do something for him first. And Adam really went and did a great thing here. He named all the animals. That couldn't have been an easy task. Naming all of them. Now, why is a bear called a bear? You have to ask Adam that. <laughs> I know he was probably in another language or something, but uh, Adam's the one that he, he named all the animals. And that was a big job. And you know what? I have a problem with these guys that want to get married and they've never accomplished anything. They couldn't even finish school. They've never been able to even get a job. They've not done anything. Oh, I beat Call of Duty my first time sitting out the game. Who cares how many video games you beat? You know, I've got you know 400 Facebook friends. Who cares? That's not an accomplishment. You haven't done anything. Get out and do something first. Go accomplish something. You know, go. You know, go make some money first. You know, go get a job. You know, go. You know, join the army and you know. Win a battle. You know, accomplish something. Do something. Achieve something in your life. Do something, and especially, you know, do something for God. Don't wait until you get a wife to do something for God. That's what guys think. Well, I'm just going to go try to find my wife and then I'm going to figure out what God wants me to do. For your sake and especially for her sake, try to find out what God wants you to do before you get her. Don't go and make her think, you know, think, you know, maybe you've got a good job and you're able to afford nice things and she's th- she wants you because, hey, he's going to be able to take care of me. I'll be able to live a comfortable life. And then all of a sudden, after your first anniversary, you know what? We're going to give all this up and go into the ministry and make hardly any money. Don't do that to her. Let her be prepared. Let her know what she's getting herself into. Don't wait until you're married to mature into an adult. Now, listen, I know when I was... When I got married, I wasn't the most mature person in the world, but I I think for my age, I probably wasn't too bad. But you know what? One thing, I mean, it's crazy how many kids, I guess you could say, and I know that a lot of them these days are not getting married, but they're living like they're married. I mean, just kids pretty much. And I know they're in their 20s and maybe even 30, but kids that are having physical relationships with women... Having kids, and they, and I see this going on, and I'm thinking, where is the father? Where is the father of that girl? I would be pounding that guy's face in so bad if I could. I would be finding some way. I'd be going and finding somebody from the mafia or something, paying them. To, I would do something to eliminate this guy from the face of the earth, and nobody cares. I mean, they're fine with it. They will let him be in their family picture on Christmas. I mean, they will act like he's their son-in-law. And he hasn't even been responsible enough to buy her an engagement ring. And if he did, he got it out of a box of Cracker Jacks. Because that was all he could afford. And listen, make if guys ought to be responsible, they ought to be independent. Guys ought to be you know independent enough. They can make a decision. You know they well, there's nothing wrong with being close to your parents. Nothing wrong with going to your parents for advice. But good night. You know if if you got to go and borrow fifty bucks from your mom to take your girlfriend out on your first date. You know maybe you're not ready financially yet to have a relationship going on. All right. Be 
Be independent. Be victorious. There needs you need to have accomplished some things in your life. Uh, you know that one of the great things about you know school and those years in school and in sports and doing competitions and things is it puts people through some tests and when they go and they win some things and lose some things, they learn how to be victorious. They learn how to be graceful losers. They learn how to accomplish things. And it gives them a self-confidence that I think really helps them. I've always, you know, I've noticed a lot of people too, that, you know, former military people, they have, it seems like there's a level of self-respect that a lot of those people have that many, uh, many people don't have. Because, you know, they went and accomplished something. You know, they learn how to, you know, be a sniper or something. You know, that'd be pretty cool. You know, they learn how to snap somebody's neck and all, you know, all that stuff. That, you know, they teach them how to do it. You know, they feel, they feel confident. They, they, they know how to handle a gun. They know if somebody broke into their house, that that person's dead meat if they mess with their family. There's a level of confidence that they've had because they've been victorious. They've learned a few things. They're responsible. They're independent. They're victorious. They've, they've accomplished something. And what it does for a person's self-esteem but you've got other guys, they're just, they're just losers. They've got an attitude of a loser. They don't even try to get a job because they're convinced that they won't get it. They, I won't, I, they don't even show up for the interview because oh, I'm not going to make it. They won't show up for work because oh, I'm probably just going to get fired. An attitude of a loser. You know why? Because they've never been victorious in anything in their life. They've never stuck out anything in their life. And guys, you need to get victory. In some areas, you need you need to overcome some things. You know, accomplish something financially. Go to Deuteronomy chapter twenty-four, verse five. This one's this is interesting here. And I'm not saying that you you have to be able to do this. I I can tell you right now, I could not have done this, but it also was not expected of me. And maybe that's why I didn't accomplish this. Maybe I could have uh, had it been a requirement for me. But it says in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 5, it says, When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year, and shall cheer up his wife, which he hath taken. You hear that? He wasn't supposed to go to war or even have any business. No job for a year? How is a person supposed to do that? Well, he was supposed to go sign up for welfare and uh, you know live off the government. No, I, I don't think that was it. I think this guy obviously had accomplished something. He obviously had done some saving and some preparing. And God said, you know what? New couples, they need a honeymoon for a year. Man, you know how nice that would be? If we would have got married, if we could have just for a year done whatever... You know, I, I had to go to work right away. I remember when we got back from our honeymoon, it was only a week. And after we got back, you know, going to work that first day, ah, oh, man, it stinks. But hey, if I would not have gone to work, I've been back living with my parents real quick, and I don't know if we'd have had our first anniversary if that would have happened. And, uh, but, you know, I'm not saying we have to do that, but boy, there's nothing wrong with having accomplished something. Financially, if you could do something like that, I I think it's safe to say you're going to have a great first year of marriage. I think that I think that would that would be good. But it was clear that back then they had to have accomplished something financially. If they when they got married, if they were not to even work for a year, they obviously had a home, 
ready to go. They had they had food. They had money for the things that they needed, and they pretty much just enjoyed each other for the first year. So accomplish something financially. Go ahead. You know, nothing wrong with saving money. That's a biblical thing. Do it. See if you can, you know, get up to a certain amount of money. I'm telling you that kind of thing. It's not going to hurt you. And let me tell you something. If you have a father and a, or a, if the girl has parents that value their daughter, and you can kind of throw that on the table and say, "Hey, this is my bank account right now." <laughs> you know what? They're going to feel real good about you. Well, this guy. He knows what he's doing. This guy obviously is pretty responsible. If at his age he's already accomplished this financially, he's already doing this well. Hey, this guy's going places. He's doing something good. And I'm telling you right now, though, none of this happens because it's not expected. I think a guy that really wants a girl, I think you know, I think he'd be willing to do about anything. I think I'd have done just about anything to get my wife. But we don't know because no, nothing's expected. Maybe some of these bums out there that want these girls, and maybe some some of these girls out there, if they would just tell the guy before, I'm going to have you're going to be able to touch me. We got to be married. Well, a lot of the losers they're just going to run off just like that. But a guy, if he really loves you, if he really wants you, okay. Oh, and by the way, before we get married. You better be able to. You better have a place for us to live. You better have a job. You better be. I'd never get a guy if I did that. Well, I can promise you this: you wouldn't get a bum if you did that. And let me tell you something. Don't think a bum is better than nothing. Nothing is better than a bum. It is way better. I mean, have some self-respect. Put some requirements on that. Also, uh, young men. Wanting a wife, you need to be willing to give up a part of yourself. Well, what did Adam have to give up? Well, think about it. Adam, he owned the world, didn't he? He's the only man in the world. What does he have to give up? What does he have? The whole world is his. Brother S.M. Davis was here recently. He's got a great message that really helped me out. I remember listening to it when I was a young man about the bride price. Great message. And he talks about this. But guys ought to be willing to give something of themselves up. But it says in Genesis chapter two. I just I moved from there. I need to go back. Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-one. It says, "And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man." And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Right there. Parents, if you just did that one thing, a man leave his father and mother. Put that requirement. Girls, put that requirement on the guy. Leave your father and mother. And that doesn't mean just getting out of his house. It means getting out of their pocketbook too. And you you be on your own. But notice here, that Adam had to give something of himself up and God took a rib. Now, why did God need to take a rib to make Eve? Why couldn't He have just made her from the dust like He did Adam? Why did He have to take a rib? I believe because Adam needed to give something of himself up. And in a sense, I guess if Adam was made from the dust, the rib would have been made from the dust, so 
Women are made out of the same thing that guys are made out of. But God took that rib. He gave something of Himself up. I heard a story one time that one day while Adam and Eve were in the garden, I think this was in another apocryphal book, I guess, she was running her fingers up the side of Adam. And Adam's like, what What are you doing? She said, I'm counting your ribs. And she said, why? He's like, I just want to make sure that there's no one else. <laughs> and uh, women, they want that security there with the guy. That she, he doesn't have to, she doesn't have to worry about that. But Adam gave some of himself up. And guys, you've got to be willing to give some things up. Well, what do I have to give up? Well, one, be willing to give up your freedom. You say, what? Uh, be willing to give up your freedom. You're not going to be able to just go do whatever you wanted to do before. like before. You've got a wife now. You've got somebody who wants to be with you, wants to be close to you. You're not going to be as free as you were before. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I was I was free before I got married. I chose captivity. And you know what? I like it better. I don't want to go back. I don't, I don't want to go back to freedom, I guess you could call it. I like I like being married. But you gotta be willing to give up that freedom. You're gonna you might have to be willing to give up some bad habits. And my wife, she's thinking, you still got some bad habits. I try a little bit. You know, you, there's some things you might have to give up. She might you know, you might be able to belch the alphabet in the morning, but she she might not enjoy that. That might not be something that impresses her that she would uh, rather hear. You need to be willing to give up your finances. You might not have, like I said, you might not have the money to do all the things that you used to be able to do. You might have used to be able to buy yourself all the toys that you wanted, you know, buy the nicest golf clubs or the nicest cars and things, but now she wants a car too. Now she you know, maybe you were able to buy yourself the name brand clothes, but now you've got to buy her clothes too. And I can promise you, you're not going to have as much money after you get married. Unless you get a really good job somewhere. Before we got married, I went to Israel. I got to go on a trip to Israel. I paid for it all myself. I got to see great things. I mean, it was the experience of a lifetime. I was planning on going back the next year. I believe that next year they were going to be going to Israel and Egypt. I've always wanted to see the pyramids. But did I go back to Israel the next year? No. You know why? I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but you know what? It was worth it. It was I there's there's some things that you're gonna have to give up. There's some guys they go and they get married and they think that they should be able to do whatever they want. They don't like it that their wife has a problem with them spending all their evenings at the pool hall. Okay? They don't they don't understand that she doesn't like it when she he spends all the grocery money on video games. Hey, you've got somebody else depending on you now. You are going to have there's things you're going to have to work together on. You can't just live to please yourself. There's some things you are going to have to give up. And if you're not willing to give up any of those things, don't ask some poor girl to marry you and live under that kind of garbage. Be the kind of man that God wants you to be. Adam, Adam. God had to take something from Adam. And there's going to be some things that are taken from you, but they're worth it. Because whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. And obtaineth favor of the Lord. And you need to prepare yourself for that. I know you say there's no women out there that expect these things. There's no parents that expect these things. Well, there are some out there that do. But you can expect it of yourself. You can that can be something that you do. You have those kind of standards because if you as a guy, 
If you set some high standards for yourself as far as the kind of husband you're going to be, you're not going to just marry any woman. You're going to want somebody that you know meets some has some certain criteria and standards too. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're worthy of it. Don't be a bum and expect this wonderful godly woman to be able to fall in love with you and put up with all your junk. Don't expect that at all. Be the kind of person that God wants you to be preparing for a wife. That's something that we've got to we've got to promote this thing. We've got to get this back in our culture. It's it's horrible. We hear so much talk about the war on women these days and you know women need their rights and feminists would be appalled at what I just told you about. But if you ask me what we teach and what we believe is shows that we have more value and respect for women than anybody else in the world. What feminism promotes, you're basically, I think, treating women like trash and being cruel to them and not valuing them at all. We don't want to do that. So let's all stand together tonight.